This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning? Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and this is the beginning of an hour of talking about gardening on the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is the esteemed Jonas Adams. We're going to be kicking around ideas about gardening. Got some events to come up that we're going to announce. Got some really, really cheesy but cheerful music. And here it is, the first really broadcast during fall, and it feels good outside. Sit back, folks. We're going to do nothing but call in and talk about gardening. It is a live program. We'll give the toll-free numbers over and over again. But meanwhile, we're just going to have a little fun. Here it is going into fall, and we're going to be talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Again, horticulture's fell to rushing. I feel really like grinding my teeth because it feels great outside. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. And uh, Jonas, I want to ask you something. Yesterday, today and yesterday, when you walked out to go to come to work, didn't feel great. Felt like home. You know, I, 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 was, I was wondering, because the temperature is just temperature, but why does it feel cool? Is there something in the air? All I know is that it's football weather, finally. <laughs> finally. A lot of people have been sitting out in football stadiums suffering and sweltering and all like that, but it just feels cool. And I'm wondering, I, I probably need to ask the doctor about that sometime. Why does why does temperature feel warm or cool when it's the same temperature? It doesn't matter. It feels great outside. Woohoo! About time. That means the fair is near. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> exactly. And halfway through the fair, it always turns cool. So looking forward to it. I saw my first uh, poison ivy fall color yesterday. So I know fall is this way. I was up in uh, uh, North Mississippi the other day. I saw some goldenrod blooming. My goldenrod is beginning to bloom in my own garden. And I saw some of the red spider lilies popping up around. Matter of fact, on the reception desk here uh, at MPB, somebody had brought in some of that wild blue, a, a vase with the wild blue azuratum, which is a native plant, and some of those red spider lilies like Chorus radiata. Anyway, fall is here. It's getting better. There's a lot of things going on uh, coming up the, the next uh, few days and, and weeks, and love to uh, chat about it with y'all. If you have some kind of events to uh, let me share, I'd be glad to. I'll I'll talk about some in just a minute, but first of all, I'm stumbling over the fact we have a call already. Let's and this is the call-in program. It's live one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go right to Madison. Hey, Libby, thank you for calling first thing in the morning. Hey, Felder. Howdy. This cooler weather makes me want to garden, so I'm wondering what can I plant in a fall garden. Oh gosh, where do we start? First of all, um, a lot of the plants that that I plant are still a little bit small in the garden center because it was so hot. But uh, things like, uh, are you talking about vegetables or flowers or Vegetable. everything? Vegetable. Uh, uh, 
lettuces you can get you can plant lettuce from seed a lot of people or a lot of garden centers are selling little small lettuce plants already but you can mix two or three or four different kinds of lettuce seed together and put just a tiny pinch of seeds in each of these little small pots and when they sprout within a week put them out in your garden and you'll have ready to go salads that you just cut off and harvest a couple of times uh, I'm going to plant my garlic starting next uh, oh, I say next month <laughs> in a couple of weeks or so because garlic is planted in the fall. Uh, parsley, we plant it in the fall. It's a great overwintering uh, herb. Um, uh, kale, collars, broccoli, cauliflower, all that kind of stuff. Okay, is it too early to plant that? So would you just start with uh, some lettuces now. Yeah, let, then, uh, let, lettuces real quick. Things like uh, cauliflower, like uh, broccoli and cabbage, they need a little bit more time. If you could get some little plants of those, and, and the, the real key is to set out small plants, you know, not the biggest ones you can get because the small ones, you put them in the ground, you keep them growing steadily, and they'll produce better quicker, whereas those big ones may shut down for a day or two after transplanting, and they sometimes don't pick back up. So broccoli, cauliflower, um, cabbage, I'd set those out now. A little bit late for things that take a while, like rhubarb, but I mean, who plants rhubarb around here? But anyway, things I like... Know, I usually do onions and kale. And kale broccoli. is fantastic. Look at the different kinds of kale. There's one that some people call dinosaur kale because it's kind of a ruffle skin, but it's called uh, Lacinata or Russian or Tuscan blue kale. It's kind mm-hmm. of a great... It is the most pretty plant and it's tastier than some of the other kales, but they grow great. They'll take zero degrees. And um, so anyway, those, that's some starch right there. Mustard, turnips, things like that. Okay, so just get the smaller plants or the seeds, and I'm going to try the the mixed lettuce. That's real, real easy. Container. Yeah, okay. there's there's a word for it. It's called mescaline. M e s c l u n. Mescaline means mixed. And, uh, okay. you know, it gets you two or three, di- four different kinds. And, again, I would start them at just a little tiny pinch of the seeds and these little small pots, and they'll come up within a week. You can pop them into the ground without having to worry about watering them, you know, little seeds getting lost and buried and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Sounds good. It's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Matter of fact, I'm going to be talking about this and showing some pictures about growing stuff in raised beds, containers, all sorts of stuff you can grow that's pretty to look at. And when you're tired of looking at it, you can eat it. And I'm going to be doing that next Thursday night in Oxford at the library. Uh, we just worked out the details. Uh, the, Elizabeth Speed, who's with the uh, the Food Corps service, uh, they have school garden um, at, at Adela Davis's school. She's having me up to meet with her students next Thursday. And I said, while I'm there, why don't we you know, do something with Master Garden? Gardeners or the the community garden, the, the Oxford Community Garden Association has a knocked out little garden uh, right beside the library, and they've agreed for for me to to stay over a little bit. And starting at six o'clock, right now that's what we've got. Six o'clock at the library, I'm going to be giving a talk about stuff that's pretty to look at, easy to grow, and you're tired of looking at it. You can eat it. And I'm talking about container stuff, raised beds. Folks who don't have much to look at in the wintertime or don't have much space in their garden, or maybe just have a patio. There's all sorts of pretty stuff. Swiss chard is, I, I just don't even get me started. But anyway, that's going to be next Thursday night. It's going to be free at the Public Library in Oxford. Look forward to seeing some of y'all there. Now let's go to uh, Larry in Biloxi. Hey, Larry, good morning. Morning, how are you? Fine. What's up with your azaleas? Um... It looks as though they they are in a drought. 
They are. And only, and, only, and only a portion of them, maybe one branch or something, looks as though they need to be watered. And then it just declines from there. Yeah. And it goes to where the leaves turn brown. They stay on the yeah. they stay on the uh, branch, but it just sucks the life out of them. And I trim those branches off periodically. And um, I had yellow, I mean, uh, white flies. I sprayed the whole yard for all that twice. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know what it is. Well, a couple of things. First of all, are these growing in the sun or are they in the light shade? No, I have two huge uh, oaks and okay. they're uh, filtered. Yeah, okay. Azaleas will take sun better on the coast than we're in other places. But a couple of things. First of all, when azaleas were introduced to Mississippi in Natchez back in the 1850s, horticulturists of the day thought these are not great yard plants because they they have a different kind of root system. It's a fibrous root instead of a tap root and big side roots. And right. they're they're more subject to staying too wet a little bit too long or too dry a little bit too long. Not that big a deal, except that it builds up. It has a cumulative effect. And over years, azaleas, older azaleas, tend to start getting uh, this this too wet, too dry cycle, and their kind of fibrous root. It starts building up, and you get diseases in there, and that can cause, it can streak up one side of the plant, and typically it shows up as one branch here and there dying at a time. Right. And this exactly. is this is normal for older azaleas. They've got long-term cumulative buildup of of, of root problems, and uh, oh, so, and okay. this is this is normal. Uh, my opinion about azaleas: they're like Bradford pears. Don't expect them to live forty, fifty years. Expect to replace them every few years, and it's okay to replace them with more azaleas if you like azaleas. But uh, this me, is this is this is real common. Is what I'm saying. Let me ask you this: my sister, who's got a greener thumb than I do, recommended to get it as healthy as possible. And gave me some cotton seed meal mm-hmm. to kind of scratch in the ground and water it. Do you think yeah. that's going to help save it? Or well, here's not? here's what here, cotton seed meal is uh, is used as a nitrogen fertilizer, which helps green growth. There's no question right. about that. It also has protein in it, which beefs up your earthworms, and they'll circulate mulch and stuff like that down around roots. So it's 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 a a very good thing to use. Um, here's one other thing, and it'll help, but it's just fertilizer. That's all, and it helps helps your roots. If you'll fertilize, if you'll mulch around those. With regular tree leaves, dusted with cottonseed meal, the worms will t- circulate those leaves down deep around the roots, enrich the soil. That'll help the roots. But here's one other thing, Larry, and this can help a lot. It sounds kind of weird, but I've, it's been done many, many, many times. After they bloom in the spring, cut them back to about knee high. Really? That, that, that. It, it will not hurt them. Will, I, you know, I, I did this at Monell Gardens in Jackson with Monell Hayward, who started the garden, showing me where to cut knee high or lower. And then when the new, but what this does, it takes the immediate stress off the top of the plants, off the roots. And that when they sprout out new growth, it will be better balanced with the root system, whatever condition that is. Gotcha. The the trick hit, the trick on this is Larry, when you cut them hard, let's wait till after they bloom. When the new growth comes out, snip the tips off of it so it bushes out instead of shooting up head high, and then right. no no pruning past the middle of the summer. And you know that that can save an ailing plant. Well, that's just so drastic. I mean, some of these things are six feet high. It's not drastic to the plant. When okay. they, when they were planted, they were only a foot tall. Right, right. It's just, I guess, drastic to my visual. <laughs> well, what you might want to do is cut some of them back, you know, next spring, and then some back the next spring. You you know, you do a few of them, and then tip prune the new growth, and you'll see. This is actually, it's, it's cool. It's called rejuvenation pruning. Don't you wish we could do that with our kids? Oh, you're not kidding. But no, this doesn't hurt them. You've seen drunk drivers run over crepe myrtles and they sprout back out. 
<laughs> does, doesn't hurt. Is it so. does not hurt the azaleas at all. It actually rejuvenates them. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Charlene in Mobile. Hey, Charlene. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What's up? Um, I have developed these. I think they're moth-like. They're small, um, white um, bugs all over my uh, parts of my lawn, and I'm not sure if they're harmful. Uh, they, uh, they look like little moths. Yes, uh, they they could be. Uh, there's there's different moths lay eggs in the in the grass, and their larvae, sometimes called army worms and other things, they you know the, the, are caterpillars, and um, it, a lot most of the time there's little spiders out there and ants and you know wasps and things like that that'll take care of the of, of the problem. Usually it's not uh, what I would call an emergency with with the grass. So okay. as long as long as the grass is looking okay, I would just keep an eye on when you see these things. Go out there a week, two weeks later and check and see if you see little caterpillars out there. And if you do. Um, if you just water your grass or maybe we'll get some rain, it's close enough to wintertime to where I don't think they're going to do that much damage, no matter what the problem is. Okay. Okay. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, okay. Good luck on it. <laughs> All righty, folks. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Got some fun stuff coming up. Um, I'm a horticulturist, fellow rushing. This program is called the Gestalt Gardener, but it's just one of uh, many programs, Monday through Friday, here in the mornings on MPB. It's something other other states don't do this. We don't have locally produced, local interest, call-in type programs all over the country. So this is something we really appreciate. Uh, by the way, if you're interested, there is an MPB license plate, car tag as we call it in the South. If you're interested in, in uh, supporting MPB that way, go to mpbonline.org and uh, look for the, I don't know whether you call them car tags or license plates, was MPB. And I'll uh, be glad to to have you. You might not be able to grow vegetables in your car like I grow in my truck, but you can carry the spirit of it around. We're going to take a little break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com. This is MBB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Support for MPB comes from C Spire Business Solutions, helping businesses move into the future with next-generation fiber optic internet access. More at 855-C-SPIRE-2. C Spire, customer-inspired. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back.
back, folks. Felder Rushing here. By the way, we had a great turnout last week at Wells Fest. Uh, Lloyd Moncrief, my friend who, who who grows plants, all sorts of potted plants, they c- almost completely sold out and gave away what was left. Uh, and they raised, uh, I think, something like fifty thousand dollars overall for 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 the for the the, the group that they're supporting this year. Um, but the plants that I gave Lloyd that we rooted from a rare vine that I saw in my neighborhood. It's a yellow blooming, sort of golden yellow star jasmine, Confederate jasmine, star jasmine, really, really fragrant in the late spring. I saw one that had yellow flowers, never saw it before, can't find anything. There is one out there, but it's not widely available. Anyway, I rooted a bunch of them, got some folks at uh, Standing Pines Nursery to root some. We donated five of them. They immediately sold out. And uh, the rest, we're going to be growing so we can get more and more cuttings to have it next year. But anyway, I, I was, uh, it reminded me of a quote that Thomas Jefferson said. He said, the greatest service a citizen can render is the introduction of a new plant. Also got a real interesting call last week. I did a research on somebody wanted to know why do bark, why do some plants have bark that peels? It's called exfoliating bark. It was a good question. Never heard that one before. Plant physiology and all that. I knew what it was, but didn't know why. Why would certain plants peel their bark? And I came across all sorts of really, really interesting stuff. I'm not going to get into to all the details, but the three most obvious ones, well, other than the fact that, that as plants grow, they, they can split their skin to grow new bark. Uh, but the, those that shed their bark in big peely bits. Uh, three three reasons. One is it uh, helps with photos, photosynthesis and gas exchange. You know, bark on some smooth inner skin plants um, can keep the plants from, from getting the sunlight and the, the natural gas exchange they need, especially in wet areas. And so they throw their bark off so they get sunshine on their bark even in the wintertime and uh, they photosynthesize. But one of the most common things is some plants tend to have problems with diseases, uh, insects, and also with lichens, those little scaly things, and they've developed the ability to throw off their uh, the, the outer bark, and it sort of like, it, well, just it, any women who've ever exfoliated the bottom of their feet know how much better it feels. Anyway, great question. There's a lot more about it, but it was real, real interesting, and I appreciate that. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Meanwhile, let's go to Paris, Mississippi, and Cynthia, don't know where Paris is. Yes, sir. Uh, did you ever get your flamingo back, first of all? Uh, which, which flamingo? The one in your truck. Oh, no. Everything in my truck is gone, 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 gone. It's gone. Oh, it's gone. That's okay. The the folks up at Holmes Community College in their, their auto technology department are fixing it up, getting it all pretty and everything. We're going to replant because that's what gardeners do. Oh, good. Well, will you sell the argument between my husband and I about a gardenia bush and how short you should cut it back in the winter? Okay. Well, now, you know you're talking to a guy who shaves really, really close every morning, but he has a little bit of a goatee and he's got shoulder-length hair. So you know, so you know that it doesn't matter to me whether you leave it long or cut it short, and it doesn't matter to the plant. You don't have to prune them at all. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of them in cemeteries. They get a certain size, and it just sort of, you know, that's as big as they get. So you don't have to prune them at all. You can prune them down to a foot tall, and they'll put out new growth. And somewhere in between is where y'all are trying to work it out. And that's, a, you know, from a physiological point of view, it doesn't matter to the plant what you do or if you do nothing at all. So I'm afraid. Okay. 
So I don't I know if that I, I, you, you sound like you got a smile in your voice, like you might have won. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, okay, Cynthia. <laughs> Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go up to Oxford. Hey, Victor. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? What's up? Do, doing fine. Um, I had a question. I, I recently uh, worked up a bed, uh, a new new flower bed, and uh, put uh, tall tall bearded iris in the back of it, and daylilies in the front, and uh, Anyway, I I know that those both of those plants, in hindsight, both of those uh, plants have different uh, mulching needs and fertilizing needs and water needs. Yeah. And did, did I make a mistake putting those together? And uh, if if not, what can I do to maximize the efficiency of the growth of both of them? It's a it's a good question. Do you have other stuff in there with them too? Uh, no, just that right okay. now. Okay. Uh, a couple room for other stuff. Yeah, c- a couple of things. The more different stuff you plant out there, the better it's going to look over a longer season, and the less obvious it could be if something doesn't make it. Right. <laughs> if that makes right. sense. Anyway, here's the deal. It, there's horticulture has all these these insights and rules and you know ways methods and tricks and all like that. Most of them aren't that big a deal, but with irises, irises are about the only plant you can put in the garden, the main plant you put in the garden that don't like to be mulched at all. Their root, that rhizome likes to be baking in the sun. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you bury them deep or mulch them, a lot of times they just have leaves, no, no flowers. So what I would do is over the fall, I would move your irises, instead of having them to the back of the bed, put them in groups here and there through the bed so that you can keep them not mulched and uh, and then everything else mulch and, and that way by, re, by by mixing it up, you know you're you're mixing your textures around instead of a long line of of spiky looking leaves. Have groups of sure. them here and there, and then plant other stuff in between. And just don't mulch the irises, and it, okay. and everything else sort of runs together. All right, that well, answers my question. I want to run, run a couple of other things by you. Um, there's some great perennials that, that the, the, the Hemorrhocallus Society, the daylily people, my right. opinion, have got the most interesting gardens of all because they put everything. They put irises with it. Irises people don't put much with theirs. But you right. can. You, there's so many great perennials, spring blooming bulbs, uh, late bloom, tall things, uh, salvias, things that will bloom that don't need a bunch of water because none of these plants need to be watered a lot. So if you're interested, shoot me an email, and I'll, I'll give you a list of, oh, eight or ten great plants that would mix in well with those, give you a lot of season, that all need about the same kind of care. Super. Okay. All right, Eric. Appreciate it. You bet you see you. Well, that wasn't Eric. That was Victor. Victor in Oxford. I'm going to be in Oxford this next week. A shout out to the to the Good Food for Oxford School Group. This uh, food course uh, service. They got a school garden. Have me up there uh, next week uh, because next week, October three through seventh, is Mississippi Farm to School Week. Mississippi Farm to School Week. You know, take your bunny rabbit to school. I guess I don't know. Anyway, we're going to be talking about growing food in school gardens during the school year and things that. It's not about gardening. It's about science, math, history, geography, culture, as well as nutrition and food and stuff. There's so much more than just gardening. Gardening's not in the school curriculum, but all these other things can be learned through an outdoor classroom 
that we call a garden. I'm also going to be giving a presentation at the Oxford Library uh, on behalf of the uh, the Oxford Community Garden Association. Master Gardener is going to be involved. It's going to be at 6 o'clock at the library next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you all there. Meanwhile, i got a blinky light here that says, let's go to Mobile. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Howdy. I hope it's as pretty there as it is here. What can I help you with? Um, well, uh, I'd like to ask, uh, when do you do Now, don't answer like my smart aleck brother, who's a bachelor. <laughs> I can't help when, being a smart aleck brother. When do, you, when do you dig naked ladies to transplant them? <laughs> naked ladies. <laughs> yeah, garden club, and, and, garden club ladies say naked ladies. Say, they say naked, say naked ladies. Naked. They well, you know, Louis Grizzard. You ever hear of Louis Grizzard? He, he was uh, a he was a comedian out of Atlanta. He said the difference between naked and naked. Naked is you don't have any clothes on. Naked, you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, a smart uh, anyway, brother. I had a neighbor that was very similar. Okay, uh, <laughs> smart a smart brother came out of me. Here's the deal. There's two times you can dig them. Uh, one is, as soon as they get through bloom, you're talking about the pink ones that came up earlier in the summer, right? These are the reddish ones, and okay. they're on my mother's property. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. My brother is in charge of the estate, and okay. so we would like to do what we can to distribute them among the brothers and sisters. It's, it's a great idea. When you can, by the way, sometimes they're called spider lilies. Spider lilies, yes, Nicolay, it's just because they have flowers, no leaves on them. The best time is when you see them in bloom, dig them then. Okay, really? and here's the reason why you take the flower. You don't have to dig all of them. Uh, t- cut the flowers off, put them in a vase, and enjoy them up close instead of just occasionally look at them. Use a, cut the flowers off, put them in a vase because you know which clumps are blooming the best. And the reason I'm saying do this now is because if you wait till they're gone, you forget where they are. They're starting to grow roots already. So you want to move them as soon as possible so that they get rooted in their new place. And uh, they, they'll have leaves over the winter, die down next spring, and bloom next fall. So that's the that's the best time when you know where they are, which ones bloom. And again, just cut the flowers off, enjoy them in a vase. Sec- I am so glad I called you. Now I can quote you to him and the other brother, especially the sisters yeah. who are going to be going. Are you sure? Well, yeah, yeah, you we're, we're sure. I've been growing these. The ones I have came from my great grandmother's garden. Okay, my grandmother had them. My mother had them. I got them. But anyway, the other thing is. When they put their leaves up, it looks like little striped monkey grass in the yep. fall and winter. You can also dig them up when the leaves die down next spring because they're going dormant and they've already made their flower buds. So the best two times, when they're in bloom or just when the leaves start to die down in the spring and nobody thinks about it then. Great. And I almost had a hummingbird land on me yesterday, okay? <laughs> Quick, so I hope the, you're having a great day, and okay. thank you so much. Smart Elky brother me says, get a tennis racket. <laughs> uh, and, and, and by the way, the Latin name is Lycoris radiata. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, isn't it a wonderful name? And I want to also mention that smart aleck brother is a former <laughs> trombone player, too. Okay? I'm a trombone. But anyway, you say Lycoris radiata and arch one of your eyes, and that pretty much shuts them all up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> Appreciate you. your call. Thank you. Bye. Oh, we're getting a bunch of calls in. Let's go to Tyler Town. By the way, Paris, Mississippi is in southern Lafayette County near Calhoun County line. Appreciate that. Anyway, we're in. Tylertown. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh, I have two questions concerning kudzu. Uh-huh. I'd always heard that kudzu was imported from overseas somewhere yep. 
to help with corrosion on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Whoever decided to do that should be tired and feathered. Well, it was a good idea at the time. And act, yeah, act, well, it, it spread like wildfire. Yeah, it, um, it, yeah it, it did. And by the way, it was introduced into the Philadelphia Flower Show in the 1800s as a beautiful flowering vine. If you go out there right now, you can see the flowers down the leaves. They look like upright wisteria, and they smell like cheap grape Kool-Aid. Yeah. The next question is, I had heard that you can take kudzu and grind it down into flour. Yeah, the roots. You know, it's got that tuber in the ground. It's a good, all parts of it are edible. You know, the flowers. Okay. Uh, you know, we've served uh, uh, kudzu flowers on ice cream at the governor's mansion. But the roots are really, really starchy. They're an important part of starch. Okay. Well, the reason I had called and asked is because you were talking about the uh, the food thing with the school, and it reminded me of this. Yeah, so good. One. I had heard that, and I was curious. But it is the roots that are to be ground up. Yep, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and when they introduced, when they, when they they started spreading it for for erosion back in the twenties and thirties, uh, our a lot of our hillsides looked like the moon. I mean, they were it was severe erosion, and they might have actually it might have actually helped stabilize it at one point. But now that we've got trees back out there, because it was a real problem. Yeah. All anyway. right. Well, I appreciate it, and you have a wonderful day. Appreciate it. Thank you. I think we got time for one more call before we do the cheesy music. Let's go to to Paris, Mississippi. Hey, Eric. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Belver. Can you hear me? I can. What's going on? Hey, man. I've got a uh, choke cherry is what it was called, but it's a red ornamental cherry tree. Right. It's uh, I can get to the top with a ladder. It's about twelve feet. Yeah. It's got lichen all over the upper limbs. Going yeah. pretty good now. Yeah. What do I need to do? A couple Anything? of things. Yeah, uh, fertilize the plant that, uh, un, under the outer spread of the branches beyond. They got feeder roots way out from the trunk. Uh, sometime in the spring, if you'll give it a little fertilizer, then that'll invigorate the new growth and new actively growing trees shed lichens. Li- heavy lichens are, are an indication that the tree is struggling, is slow growing, or in decline. So fertilizing it, get the tree back in health, uh, and the new growth will just shed the lichens. Okay, uh, uh, basically what fertilizer would I use on that? Anything. Anything you can get. Just don't, you know. Okay. Uh, but uh, and, and keep in mind, lichens don't actually harm the tree. They grow on the tree like they grow on tombstones and on rocks. But when they're growing really heavy on a tree, they're saying this tree's really not growing very well. This kind of stress. That's okay. right. That's right. Hey, look forward to seeing you next Thursday. All righty, man. In Oxford. That sounds great. Then we can have fun. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. All right, man. Bye-bye. All righty. We need to take us uh, a break and listen to some cheesy music. I came up with some really cheesy. I mean, this is about as cheesy as it gets, folks. I love doing this. We're going to take a little break and do that. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing. We've got more calls on the line. Got to, uh, want to remind folks also the Greenwood Cemetery Association, downtown Jackson, having a work day tomorrow, Saturday, October 1st. You want to help uh, keep those old roses cleaned up, pull some uh, weeds around, or maybe cut a few trees out. Um, come on down. Bring you some tools if you want to. But uh, Greenwood Cemetery, downtown Jackson, just north of the state capitol. Wonderful old cemetery, 18. 18- 19, 18, 20 beautiful old roses, wonderful landscape, and they could use some help keeping it clean. So, anyway, we're going to take a break, come back with some cheesy music. Pay attention to the words of this song. See if it doesn't give you a little snap to your, to your step. We'll be right back after this. 
I heard a robin this morning I'm feeling happy today Gonna pack my cares in a whistle Gonna blow them all away What if I've been unlucky Really I ain't got a thing There's a time I always feel happy As happy as a king When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead Get up, get up, get out of bed Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, laugh and be happy What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bob, bob, bobbing along. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Matzo ball soup, chicken stock, root vegetables, and dumplings. That's the usual recipe, unless your grandmother lived in Mexico. In Mexico, in the rainy season, you get wild kinds of mushrooms. So she would cook them with jalapeno, onion, and garlic. I'm Ari Shapiro. Chef Patty Heenich shares her recipe for the Jewish New Year later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All 
everybody. Welcome back, folks. Uh, red, red, Robin goes ba 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 along. You know, I want to be like a kid again. Why can't Why can't you have that kind of attitude? You know, that's one of the things about growing up is if you keep that little imagination going of your childhood, you know, things can be they can, they can be a lot more interesting. Let's swing down to South Mississippi to Picayune, where the all of the uh, uh, my settlers started back in the 1700s. Barbara, how are you this morning? Oh. Good, good morning. It's wonderful to have the cool weather. I've got the doors open, and it's great. <laughs> what, what is it? You know, when you open the door, you can smell it being cool. Oh, yes, and I also heard the geese honking, and they have a different <laughs> call than they do in the spring, if you listen close. I hadn't done that, but anyway, thanks for that. You know, a lot of people don't realize gardening is all the senses, not just looking and smelling and tasting, but also hearing and feeling, too. That's true. Well, my question is, I had a lot of spider lilies, and I was checking out that part of the garden the other day, uh-huh. and I only have three or four, and I don't know where I, where they disappeared to. I had a lot of them. Oh, well, in some places, they're just now coming up. So, you know, it might be a little bit early. I mean, I, I just started seeing them for the first. I thought they were earlier, but for some reason, I think because of the weather, they were delayed a little bit this year. But uh, there's several things. For, th- there's a, a little critter called a vole, not a mole, mm-hmm. but a vole, and they eat these kind of bulbs. You know, that mm-hmm. might be a problem. But also just bad weather. You know, if we have a really, really wet spring or a cold, for, if for some reason their leaves didn't make the energy for the bulb back in the spring, you don't have the flower. I see. They, they, well, they, they like that for too much water because oh yeah, the water goes down to that part of the garden. They can absolutely rot if they stay wet for a long time. They're you know they're like daffodils. You know they they you know especially if you have a heavy clay soil or if water stands there, it can yeah, rot well, the bulbs. I've had them about nine or ten years, and so suddenly you know last year there were lots, and this year there aren't. So well here here's here's, well, here's the deal, Barbara. Uh, like with daffodils, you know they have their leaves in the fall, the winter. Just like daffodils, mm-hmm. they make their flower bud for the for the for the summer at the end of that process. And so, if you've got these growing out in the lawn, uh, don't mow until the leaves are, are no, mow around in a them. Bed. They're in a bed with other shrubs. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it, it, are, are they on the north side of your house? Do they get plenty of sunshine. They're west. Okay. But shade. Well, you know, let's just, as long as they get. Some sunshine on their leaves in the late winter. That's that's where they get the energy from the flower. They would have that, yeah. So anyway, let's see what they do. You know, this is a good time to give them just a little bit of fertilizer. Just scatter some bulb food or something like that over the area in the fall. They grow their leaves, and then they'll use it to you know grow better foliage, maybe a better flower next year. Okay, thank you. Okay, Barb. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Bye. I, I cut her off. Joy is calling from Macon. Hey, Joy, good morning. Good morning. What's Thank up? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I hope I can help. My problem is this. I have nut grass Ooh. in this bed where I have azaleas and I have all sweet olive trees. Uh-huh. I want to get rid of the nut grass. I do not want the azaleas or the olive trees harmed. Okay. what I do. Okay. Now, what I have done, the step I have taken... I went to Smith's Nursery in Columbus yesterday, and I got something called Ferta, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E. Fertilome. And the first thing on the label is nut grass, right. poison ivy, and vine killer. Yeah. 
I wondered if you had any better idea, and if so, what is it? Well, a couple of things. First of all, most of the stuff that they sell for nut grass, nut sedges, are called different kind of sedges. Um, there are some that are specific for those. They only kill those things. They go by names like sedge hammer, you know, but they have the word sedge in them. But there's a lot of different brands that have the same ingredients in them. So if there's nut sedge on there, it'll kill it. Now, Roundup will also do that. But here's the deal. These products will not hurt your azaleas. They won't hurt your, your sweet olives. They're only going to kill what you get them on. See, so if you can well, put... Now, what, what, what is your opinion of this fertilizer? Well, I don't know what the active ingredient is. See, that's what I'm saying. Have you got it with you? Well, let's see what it says. Under active ingredients, does it have something that starts with a G-L-Y? I'm trying to look on the label and see what it says. Uh, uh, it'll have active ingredients. It gives me direction for use. No, nope. read, read on down to say caution. it'll have active and ingredients. of practical treatment. Active ingredients. I, I know. I'm, I'm familiar with bottles with active ingredients right. on it. Environmental hazard. Nope. Nope. And I do not see anything unless it's on the front of it, the weight at the moment. Yeah, by law, it's got to be on there. A simple treatment kills. Nope. It'll say, it'll, it'll special little box say active ingredients. Okay, active ingredient. Um, wait a minute. I'm having a hard time reading it. You know, I got bifocals. I'm the same way. Um, when the red, no, red I, robin go bop, bop. keep you, but I'm not going to be able to read it. With okay, I tell you, what, if I you have. could, are, are you online? Do you do email? No, 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 I don't have a okay. computer. Okay, we... Now, I, the first thing, okay, the first thing on the active ingredient is a long name, and I'm trying to read it. Okay, I, I, you know, I, I, unless I can look it up, you know, if it's not glyphosate, the main thing is it should be safe to use under your azaleas and under your, you know, the products that they sell for well, this kind of... You, say, say, say this grass growing, the nut grasses, say maybe two or three inches or four inches high. Right, right. Do you... Do you just spray the the grass? Just the just the root. Just the leaves of just the nut grass. It will it will do nothing about the little nuts that are below the the ground. It, it depends. Sometimes you know some nut grass. Sometimes it may take a couple of applications. Do it this fall, and then next spring do it again. And that should take care of it. That's that's all the advice I can give on the air without you know really getting in more detail. Yeah. But uh, anyway, spray it. And then next spring, when it comes back up, spray it again. Just don't get it on your azaleas or on your other plants, and it should be fine. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, Joy. Good luck on it. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. You know, I can't have uh, my... I usually don't like recommending chemicals. I'm not afraid of chemicals, but a lot of times you just don't need them. Just don't need them. I'm not talking about agriculture. I'm talking about gardening. But if you need one, like with nutgrass, there are some safe products, environmental safe. They work fine. And I'm okay with that, but really need to know for sure what it is we're spraying or just follow directions. Let's go up to Tippa County. Can't get much further north than that, can we, Joe? No, Not really. The, uh, Good morning. <laughs> what can I help you with? I love when you play Leon Redbone. He's my favorite. I've got some Leon Redbone coming up in a, in a few weeks. He's got, I mean, I would play Leon Redbone almost every week. Yeah. I got a question about the, is it deciduous holly? The yep. holly sheds its leaves? Yep. 
Uh, how can you propagate that? Well, they grow from cuttings. Um, you know, when you buy them, they're, they're you know they're they're uh, yeah they they root. They're not as easy. Deciduous plants don't root the same as evergreen plants. And there's some kind of little trick I can't remember. If you shoot me an email, I can I can help with that because I, I work with people who grow them. But now keep in mind, you're gonna try to root some yourself. Yeah. Okay. You need to find some with berries and some without berries because you need uh, both male and female. Well, I've got a female. <laughs> well, it ain't gonna. It, it can't. I just, I just want females. But 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 they you can have females all the time, but they're not gonna have berries unless you get yeah. pollen from a male planted real close to them. You know, yeah. plain old birds and bees kind of stuff. You can actually buy a male. Uh, that pollinates all the other ones in the name of the Southern gentleman. I'm not making this up. Yeah. But anyway, you need to you need to have at least one male in with a group of females. You could even plant them together, and you can't yeah. really tell them apart. Okay. But if you shoot me an email, there's some funny little trick about rooting them because they drop their leaves, and I I just don't remember what it is. But I yeah, I, be, I cut a few cuttings off the other day and put them in water and. Uh, the leaves just dried up and yeah, fell off. Yeah, but a lot of shrubs and trees will not root in water. Only only a few will. But anyway, like I say, I can I, I know exactly where to look to to look that up real quick and put it in the plain language. Okay, great. All right, Joe, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. You know, you can uh, email me, folks, anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. i got a couple about lawn care that I haven't re- returned yet. I'm going to answer those a little bit later today. But anytime you have garden questions, need more information, or want to give me more information, or want to take uh, issue with something I recommend, I'm okay with that, and I will be honest about it. Uh, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Keep in mind, I don't sell anything. I don't have an agenda to push. So, you know, it doesn't matter to me what, what your issue is. Let's talk about it. Let's go down to uh, down to the pass. Hey, Nora, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Glad to, glad to hear from somebody down on the Gulf Coast. Well, it is gorgeous here. It's about 53 degrees. <laughs> it, I, got, I got an email from a friend in England. They said next week is going to be the, the warmest first week in October on record in England. It's going to get up to 66 degrees. <laughs> What can I I help you with today? Well, I have an area of my garden that is full of cast iron plants. Uh And it was, at one point, it was planted when there was an oak tree over it. The tree has been cut down, and so now they're just straggling with it. Yeah, yeah, they don't like the sun. Yeah. Oh, you know, they go, you know, it, when when winter gets here, even though they stay evergreen, they're dormant. Uh-huh. You know, they just keep their leaves on them. And all those leaves die next spring when new growth comes up anyway. So it doesn't hurt them to move them in the wintertime. You can, you know, if you want to cut them down, you can just move the roots. That'll be easy. But if you, you know, if you leave, you know, if they don't look that good. You know, you can. I hate to say this because it sounds really weird, but it's perfectly okay since the leaves are dead to spray paint them, you know, dark green or purple or whatever you want to. But uh, the best time to move them is after we get a little, you know, when they start to go during wintertime. And they'll put up new growth in the spring like they never, never miss a beat. Uh oh, must have lost her. Anyway, hope she's still listening. Anyway, cast iron plant, aspidistra, really, really tough plant. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Talking about gardening today. Let's go to Summit. Hey, guy. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, thank you for your show. We 
been listening to you for years as we passed through Mississippi, but now we're permanent residents. Down in Pike County. Woo-hoo. Yes, sir. You know, that's where the the Felders and the Rushing settled back before this place was a state. We thought we were getting away from people. We are very close to a bunch of Felders. <laughs> yep, yep. Felders Campground, I'm named after that fella. Anyway, what can I help you with? Well, um, I am developing a, a piece of property for our forever home, and as I'm thinning out woods, I noticed a magnolia tree that about every fourth branch appears to be a maple tree. Oops. Never heard that before. (laughs) Everybody I've asked, including foresters, have scratched their head and gave me the funny look. So... Let's, let's do a couple. Now, when you say magnolia tree, is this our regular southern magnolia with the great big green, dark green leaves? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, go out there, you know, and follow the maple stuff back to where it sprouted, where it grows off of, and see if it's actually growing from a la- branch or a limb. It also has magnolias on it. Uh, and if it, it could, the reason I'm saying it, it could be that the two trees grew up side by side. And one has encompassed the other on the trunk, but they're not, you know, the same tree. That happens. Um, but if if it looks like that a mag- the maple branch is growing directly off of a branch that is also magnolia, we got us a million dollars here, my friend, because we can propagate that. That's how we find new plants: is people noticing unusual stuff. I think we lost that caller. Oops, he gone. Uh, <laughs> we lost a <the> call. <laughs> my- Give me a call back about this. Anyway, bottom line is sometimes trees grow so close that one will actually swallow the other, and it looks like one tree. But sometimes trees have a they have a mutation. It's called a uh, well. I'm not going to get into all the details about it, but a sport, and you can propagate those and come up with something really really cool. That's how a lot of new plants are discovered. Every golden delicious apple on earth came from a single branch in the middle of a, of an orchard of red, delicious apples that the farmer happened to notice. This branch has got yellow apples, and he propagated it. That's where all the golden, delicious apples come from. Anyway, shoot me an email. We'll talk about it later. Meanwhile, Highway 49, Mike, are you driving or are you pulled off on the side of the road? Uh, I pulled off on the side of the road. Quick thinking there. What can I help you with? Well, uh, we put in a garden probably about seven, eight years ago. Uh-huh. I always do really good in the spring and in the fall with, you know, going out hand-picking the wheat. But uh, we're down on, down on the coast, and uh, this summer it was just miserable hot. Yeah. And uh, it was just hard to get in wheat. And I'm just wondering if there's anything I can do in the summertime to help keep the wheat down, you know, once we weed it in the spring. There are some ways, but uh, the... Uh, I'm, I'm loath to recommend it. Farmers and big time gardeners have always used uh, wheat you know, herbicides. You work them around your vegetables. They're a little yeah. tricky. The ones we have now, they're a little bit tricky. They're okay. You know, they're safe, but they're tricky, and they can cause some problems if you don't do it right. Um, also, they can't be disturbed. Uh, you know, well, you, this is my uh, landscape garden, flower garden. Oh, okay, okay. There, there are some things you can put out there, but your best thing, if they're perennial weeds, the things that come up from underground roots or things like that, uh, uh-huh. they're going to come up through anything. And the, the, other than pulling them and pulling them and pulling them until you peter them out, if you're consistent, 
you can't you, you can't peter them out. I've done that. Uh, there yeah. are there are a couple of safe herbicides that you can use that degrade into carbohydrates. Roundup. There's one called Grass Be Gone that only kills grasses. It won't kill. Uh-huh. It won't even kill monkey grass, which is an which is a lily. So there yeah. are some things like that. But your best bet is to pull as best you can, and then use a lot of mulch. Okay. I mean, I mean that and it's not any fun, but that's what I do. Yeah. And if there's an easier way, I do it. Yeah, I guess with me it's just gets lazy in the summer when it's 100 degrees. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, you know, I, and I'm I'm at the age where I'm gone a lot. I'm busy. I'm tired. When I bend over, I see sparkly things out of the corner of my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, yeah, you know, but that's where you know more mulch. You know, that's that's okay. work. Shoot me an email and we can get a little more more specifics about it though. Will do. Thank you, sir. Okay, Mike. Appreciate it, man. I think we got time for another call here. Let's go to Olive Branch. Hey, Pat, how are you this morning? Hey, Felder, I'm cool and nice. Okay, ain't it great? And you sound cool and nice. <laughs> well, that's the South, my dear. You I know, know that. My people, from England. We've no. been here a long time. What can I help you with, ma'am? I would love to kill a 20 feet tall cedar tree by pouring something around the base. It won't actually kill the grass, but will kill the tree. Is that possible? It is, but it's some a whole lot easier. You know, if if, if you've ever scratched on a on a, a branch of a, a azalea, crepe myrtle, anything, you notice it right under the bark is bright green tissue. Okay, yep. that's you know that's the cambium tissue. If you if you make a cut, just a shallow cut, maybe a quarter inch, half an inch, all the way around the base of that tree, and then make another one about an inch below that and just peel that bark away, then if you kill that little shallow cambium, the whole thing dies. Well, I'll do that. Thank and that's, that's a whole lot better because the poison that's going to kill a cedar tree like that is is okay. going to seep out. It's going to get out. That kind of stuff is going to cause problems with other stuff. Gotcha. And uh, so, okay. you know, just, just make two little cuts about, oh, quarter inch or so deep, and then peel the bark off in between them. And that, that's called girdling, it's, and it works like a charm. I'll do that. Thanks. Well, I, I want to ask you this. What are you going to do with the tree later when it drops all its leaves? Yeah. You're going to cut the branches off, put bottles on the branches? I'm going. That's exactly. I'm going to do bottle <laughs> bottles as far as I can reach and leave the top for the birds. There you go. Head. Send me a picture, Pat. I'll do it. Thanks, honey. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All righty. A lot of stuff we talked about today, Jonas. It was wild today. All over the place. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to be back same time, same place next week talking about more gardening. If you got an email during the week, garden at mpbonline.org. Hope to see some of y'all at the Oxford Library this coming Thursday, October the 6th. It's 6 o'clock talking about gardening. Uh, the Gestalt Garden is production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Producer today is the esteemed Jonas Adams. And I'm not sure, but I think that was Jay White in there doing the... Sure was. Jay White doing the call screening. Woo-hoo. Folks, uh, state fair's coming up, getting cool. There's lots of stuff to do. Daffodil bulb time. Take a kid to a garden center or farmer market. Get them a sack of bulbs and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.